This is NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. NTL Now is brought to you by Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. Now let's join the hosts of NTL Now, along with Joe Carrion, here's Shane Wilbur. Welcome back, Northern Tier League sports fans. It's another edition of the NTL Now podcast. And of course, it is the Halloween season where a lot of our area teams are having treats and others, well, falling victim to some tricks as well here around this time. But glad to be with you again. I'm Shane Wilbur, of course, across the table. My buddy, my pal, my sports guy, Joe Carey on here for another edition of the podcast. Joe, we're ready to go for another week. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy weekend, man. Lots of D4 football, and I, I hear you got some things you're going to say later on. So. I may or may not be a little irritated. Luckily for you, I've had a few hours to uh, calm down, so you're, you're not catching the full board angry Shane from uh, a few hours uh, previous. Oh, well, I... I am looking forward to hear this, and I'm sure many of our listeners are as well. So make sure you all stay tuned for that a little bit later. Yeah, that'll be a little bit later on coming up here in the podcast. But uh, yes, definitely uh, having to keep my composure. I mean, this is the NTL Now podcast, so got to keep it a little classy. Maybe not all the way, but at least a little bit for sure. Uh, Quickly, before we get into uh, some of the sports action going on here around the Northern Tier League, uh, again, just want to pass out a big thank you uh, to a lot of the listeners out there. Uh, Some feedback has really been coming uh, our way uh, from from Joe's perspective, from my perspective, and for all of you listeners out there who keep sending us uh, either in person or via messages, you know, the positive feedback out there. uh, A big thanks to all of you who have listened, who have spread the word, and uh, keep making the NTL Now podcast uh, little by little more of a sports force here in the Northern Tier League. Yeah, it's been great. We appreciate everyone's uh, thoughts and what they want us to improve on and things they want us to talk about. We couldn't adjust without them telling us things. Very true. Now, that being said, uh, many apologies uh, going out last week. Of course, we got on a really big uh, football and volleyball tangent last week in uh, last week's edition of the podcast. And this week, as promised, I said I was going to make it up to the cross-country folks out there. So uh, again, I want to make a big congratulations going out for some cross-country action. And believe it or not, boy, did the Northern Tier League represent well at the District Cross-Country Championships last week down at Bloomsburg University. Big kudos going out to Coach Schools over in Wyalusing, the man, the myth, the legend, who has been coaching there for, it seems like, years now, uh, has just brought home uh, not one, but two district championship teams uh, down in Bloomsburg last Thursday. I'm telling you, I sat there, and like I'm following the District 4 updates, and I see first, you know, the, the Wyalusing boys win the Class A championship, and then it wasn't probably, what, maybe an hour, hour and a half later, the Wyalusing girls also claim the Wyalusing, uh, well, Wyalusing claims the District 4 championship. But, man, what a feather in the cap 
to Coach Schools for making such a uh, great season for both the uh, Rams and Lady Rams. Yeah, I mean, talk about a, a dominant performance at, at districts, and that's when you want to uh, want to win. But I'll tell you what, I, I think it was in the girls ma- girls match. It mm-hmm. was pretty close. Troy wasn't too far behind him. Man, almighty. But I'll tell you what, uh, also going along with those championships, uh, you got to give a big tip of the cap to Alex Patton for the Wyalusing Rams. Alex was actually the overall district champion runner in the boys' race as he was able to come across the line first. So, yes, uh, congratulations going out to Coach Schools as he and uh, many of the other coaches around the NTL had a great showing down there. And believe it or not, uh, you know, they are getting ready now to take some of these uh, great cross-country runners down to states. Of course, uh, Alex, a few of his teammates on the uh, Wyalusing boys team getting ready to go. Also, of course, you know, you've got some of the girls for Wyalusing. They'll be getting ready to go for the state meet. And, of course, uh, we know Troy, they're going to have some representation as well. I believe Sydney Taylor going to be their runner uh, heading down to states this week. Yeah, we actually just saw her in the Troy parade. I know a lot of people from the town are pumped up to see her go compete. I know Friday morning they are doing a send-off for her, so make sure everyone who can get out there and send off Sydney to States. Now, of course, uh, the state cross-country meet uh, will be held at Hershey, I believe. And uh, for those of you who have never been down to the state cross-country meet, uh, as far as uh, I've been told, uh, it is quite the interesting course down there. And if you are going to, uh, you know, either watch or, you know, for all of my media friends out there, uh, safe travels to Hershey. And uh, I envy you because I definitely love any trip that I can make to Hershey, Pennsylvania. That's just a great area if you've never been. Yeah, it's awesome. You ever been there for state wrestling? What an awesome time. Yeah, state wrestling will always be a trip that I cherish, but uh, we'll get into wrestling season uh, coming up here in just a little bit. But, yes, uh, a big thank you uh, to Coach Schools, actually. He was one of our earlier guests on the podcast uh, back when we uh, you know, were getting into the earlier episodes. Uh, he was definitely willing to do this, and uh, you know, hopefully after all of this is done, we'll actually have an opportunity to catch up with him here coming up either uh, next week or the week after. We'll definitely be reaching back out to him to uh, give that program uh, for cross-country at Wyalusing its credit because, man, they definitely did some great things there uh, for districts this year, and uh, good luck to them as they get ready to head to states, and good luck to uh, all of our other area runners as well who will be making their track uh, down to Chocolate Town here coming up in just a few days. All right, as we get ready now for uh, the transition from cross-country, hey, you know what? Uh, We've got some props to hand out for the Northern Tier League golfers as well. Uh, NTL Golf electing uh, their all-stars this year, and wouldn't you know it, just before uh, we got done giving him his props last week, Kudos to Mr. Outman over there at Kalineski Valley. He was voted NTL Golfer of the Year. Yeah, that's a that's a great accolade to win. I know he's worked hard all year. So for Mr. Outman, yes, congratulations to you, my friend, on uh, being Golfer of the Year. Wellsboro's uh, Ty Morrill uh, winning uh, also uh, one of the top honors uh, for golf this year as well. They had a whole list of uh, first team and second team as well uh, for the All-Stars. Uh, didn't have uh, the list here in front of me. But uh, I can definitely tell you that uh, those all-star teams were voted on. And, uh, man, why didn't I know there was golf in school back in the day? 
Or maybe this is just something new. You didn't play golf in high school? I did not play. I have honestly only picked up golf now within the last probably four and a half years. Wow. I Yeah, I pegged you for like this golf master, man. No. Just your, your, the way you speak about no. the game is so, so intelligent. I, I have golfed with people who respect the game at a very high level and have basically treated me like Daniel-san. They are my Miyagi's. I am the Daniel-san. Well, I leave the Daniel Sun and golfing to you, my friend, on this podcast. Okay, so. good. Now go wax my car. <laughs> That's right. Wax, wax on, on and wax, wax off. On. All right? Be gentle, though. I still got to get it repaired. <laughs> All right. So, yes, we've got uh, the golfing all-stars uh, taken care of here as well. And, uh, you know, we've got uh, more sports action to talk about here, too. Of course, uh, district uh, soccer in the mix as well. Uh, we've seen some teams that have already fallen out of the district playoffs. So I want to send a big congratulations out to uh, Coach Pratt and the Troy Lady Trojans. A great season they had this year. They fell victim to a uh, very aggressive Tawanda team in the district playoffs. Tawanda, of course, though, since our last broadcast uh, here on the NTL Now podcast, their season has come to a close as well. So uh, a great season by the Lady Knights. I actually want to uh, try and get uh, an interview coming up here uh, within the next couple of weeks with uh, Tawanda's Tegan Willie. She had a really great senior season for the Lady Knights, uh, you know, so hopefully uh, we can reach out to her and uh, see, uh, you know, get some perspective from her on a great senior season. Not only uh, from the perspective of, you know, they uh, they really, as a team, came together this year, and that was really great to see as uh, Tawana was able to uh, get themselves into the district semifinals, and unfortunately for them, fell to top seed Central Columbia, but uh, kudos to the Lady Knights on a great season as well. But as we continue the district talk, we can tell you as this podcast is being recorded, major congratulations going out to the Athens Lady Wildcats, Coach Rich Pitts. Uh, we had an opportunity to talk with him as well uh, earlier in the season. He said, you know, he was waiting to see how his team would come together earlier uh, when the season was just getting ready to start. Well, guess what? That team came together very well. Joe, they are back to back district champions here for the Northern Tier League this year and the Athens boys getting ready to try and uh, do the same thing as they are playing in Williamsport but uh, yes kudos to the Athens Lady Wildcats I saw uh, Abby Sindoni with the uh, go-ahead goal that eventually turned into the lone goal in that one so kudos to Athens as they defeat Shikalemi and the Lady Wildcats are back-to-back district champions with a one nothing win and uh, great to see Northern Tier League soccer Back-to-back champs. Yeah, no, Athens soccer has been so dominant the last few years. I know that when we previewed this season, we knew it was going to be between three teams, Athens, Troy, and, and really Tawanda came on late. But, yeah, talk about a dominant season for Athens. So, yes, Abby Sindoni again uh, with the go-ahead goal tonight for the Lady Wildcats. And uh, kudos to those. What was really funny is, you know, you know when you're a part of a great program, like you're watching uh, Twitter, you know, for like some score updates and such, and you see one media guy post a score update, and what you'll see is, you know, on Twitter you'll see, uh, you know, some past graduates or whatever, you know, they're they're liking it, you know, they're tweeting it, they're retweeting it, you know, that, and that's what's great about uh, Northern Tier League sports is no matter uh, what school you went to, you're always going to keep that alumni fun going on, and you're always going to keep track of uh, you know the school you went to and share in the success uh, that they're having, whether it be uh, 
current or uh, from the past. So still something good to see. But yes, as we said, the uh, Athens boys now getting ready for their district final as uh, they're going to be playing actually as we are recording. So big kudos to the Athens boys and uh, big credit to District 4 for actually putting both of those two schools uh, or two teams, I should say, uh, at the same location as uh, both of them will actually be playing uh, tonight. I think they're at Balls Mills down in Williamsport, actually. So big uh, kudos on that one for the AAA. And, yes, the Athens boys actually uh, will be playing uh, Sealands Grove uh, for that district title. And the Athens boys will be looking to reclaim a district title, too, and see if they can go back-to-back. Man, you talk about uh, the ultimate uh, champions thing going on there at Athens right now for soccer, huh? Yeah, they got a, a lot of, have like we said, they've had a lot of success in soccer, and it's just been crazy to see. Going to have to take down the top dog the rest of the, to the rest of the NTL next year. That's right. Now, do you think there's, like, some smack talk going on between, like, the boys' team and the girls' team, you know, just knowing that, you know, they both have the opportunity to win district titles? I mean, the girls now, they've got their title in the bag. Do you think now they're walking off the field looking at the guys and saying, all right, boys, we did our job. Now time for you to go do yours? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there is some of that, but I think both of these teams are going to go into that game extremely focused. I mean, the girls took care of business, like we said. I think the boys are just going to be locked in and ready to go. I also do want to give a quick shout-out to the uh, Troy Trojans, who they, they were in district play. They did lose to Warrior Run, but a good season for the guys over in Troy as well. All right, so, yes, yeah, always good to give uh, any type of accolades uh, to any of our teams that we can. And, yes, credit to uh, the Troy boys as well for seeing uh, their season come to a close. But a great season, especially after, you know, they did lose, you know, some quality kids from uh, a season ago. But uh, to see those seniors step up this year, the underclassmen as well, helped the Troy boys into the uh, district playoffs. That was great. So, yes, uh, kudos to the Troy boys on a great season, too. All right, so that right there will pretty much wrap up uh, our first segment here. Uh, Joe and I, we're going to take a quick timeout. We're going to catch our breath, uh, grab a swig of water, and we'll get ready uh, for the next segment coming up here. And uh, when we come back... Joe and I, we're going to talk uh, District 4 Volleyball as uh, that action getting ready to take place here this week. Also coming up, we've got uh, District 4 Football to break down as well. I mean, come on. You know we love talking pigskin, and you know District 4 uh, is ready to go for some great playoff matchups. So we'll have that preview coming up for you too. And maybe, just maybe, uh, you might have to break out the salt shaker because I am just a smidge salty uh, after some uh, happenings this week. Well, we don't want to throw any more salt on your uh, steak that you're cooking over there, Shane. <laughs> Might be not be able to eat it. Oh, come on now. You never know. But anyway, yes. So we're going to step aside, and uh, we'll come back with more. You're listening to the Northern Tier League Now podcast, and we'll be back after this quick timeout and a message from our friends at Circle W Sports. Growing up in a small town. It's important to get your name out there if you want to play at the next level. Circle W Sports helped me get the exposure I needed. It's really been a one-stop shop for college coaches where they can go in there and they can find information about not only one player, but the rest of our team, guys that they might not be thought they were interested in before they went to the website. So Circle W has really done that. It links highlight films, contact information, and everything that the coach would need. Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. Sports. 
Remember, Northern Tier League sports fans, you can follow all happenings of the Northern Tier League by logging on to ntlsports.com. Remember, you can follow the Northern Tier League on Facebook as well by searching Northern Tier League and on Twitter. You can give them a follow by searching at NTL Athletics. So, yes, want to make sure you're following anything you can uh, on social media when it comes to the Northern Tier League. Welcome back, folks, right here on this episode of the Northern Tier League Now podcast. Of course, uh, across the table, Joe Carrion, I'm Shane Wilbur, and we are having fun here recording this episode. Uh, we talked about uh, some district soccer, some district cross country, even gave some accolades to the Northern Tier League golfers a little bit ago, but now it is time to dive into some district volleyball action, and boy, oh boy, do we have some good matchups coming up for the Class A and Double A Championship as well as coming up in the Class A Championship. Now, both of these games are going to be held at Williamson coming up uh, later this week, and uh, for the uh, Class A Championship, you've got the Canton Lady Warriors, actually the top seed of the Class A bracket. They're going to be taking on the Lady Panthers of Northeast Bradford. Joe, this is actually going to be the third matchup between these two schools. Each team defended home court. Canton and Northeast Bradford now meet for the third time on neutral court action now. Over at Williamson uh, coming up later this week for the Lady Warriors. I mean, they are looking for district gold, as is Northeast Bradford. What a matchup you're going to have when you've already tasted victory against uh, each opponent. Yeah, well, now each team's got to look at what they didn't do well and what they did do well and adjust. I mean, I think this becomes a game of adjustments. Usually that third matchup between two teams really kind of tips the scales. I mean, I know, obviously, best two out of three. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good matchup. I think it could go five sets. I don't think it's just going to go three. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a good matchup here in the single-A game on Thursday. I uh, actually ran into Canton volleyball coach Sheila Wesneski over the weekend. Uh, I had a chance to talk with her, you know, after they won in their semifinal over Saturday and uh, had the opportunity to just kind of say, you know, uh, good luck to her and uh, wish the Lady Warriors uh, some good luck. But uh, you could definitely tell there was a little extra focus in her eye, knowing that, you know, they've got uh, some work to do, especially after uh, dropping the most current game. So now it's uh, back to work for the Lady Warriors and for the Lady Panthers. And, uh, hey, the best way to settle it, on a neutral court, if you ask me. Yeah, I, I think you're going you're gonna to see best team win. I mean, I mean obviously, uh, I think I'm going to give the edge to the Lady Warriors because they've, they've been here before. You know, they've, they've got a couple district titles under their belt the last couple of years. But I do know the Lady Panthers from Northeast Bradford are hungry. They play hungry. They play a little scrappy at times. So I, I think it's going to be a good game, Shane. All right. Now we focus towards the AA final coming up uh, right after uh, the Class A finals actually played at Williamson. Hmm. I wonder if these two teams know each other at all. I mean, you've got North Penn Liberty, Wellsboro for the Class AA title. Now what's great about this is, is we've had both coaches – here on the NTL Now podcast, so that makes it uh, you know kind of the even Stevens matchup there. Uh, of course, last week we had North Penn Liberty volleyball coach Jennifer Nowry. Earlier in the season, we had the opportunity to uh, talk with uh, Sharon Zahusky from the Wellsboro Lady Hornets. But Joe, I'm going to defer to you a little bit. You've got more of the Tioga County connection here, but uh, these two schools definitely no strangers to each other. No, I think they've played in the district title game the last three years, if I'm correct. And 
North Penn Liberty has won all of them. I think Wellsboro has maybe won two sets out of all three of those district matchups. So Wellsboro, I you got to give, give a little bit of analysis here. Got to come out early, win that first set, get North Penn Liberty on their heels, make them adjust a little bit and not play so much of a blocking game, make them have to score a little bit. But, yeah, I, I think Wellsboro's got to come out early and, and really fight, show what they're made of. I do believe this Wellsboro team is different than in years past. They're much more athletic. They're a better blocking team. They uh, they they pass the ball well. So, yeah, that's my analysis. I think it's going to be tough to beat North Penn Liberty because Wellsboro has not won a set against them in their two matchups this year. Both team both games went 3 nothing to North Penn Liberty. So, Wellsboro, you got to show me something. I'm very interested to see how this goes. And you know what I love about this matchup? And, you know, I really don't know a lot about volleyball. And and that's an admitted thing. Um, But what I love about this is talking with both coaches, you just sense how much control they have over their program. And they both know what they have to play within themselves. And that right there is just, you know, half the battle right there. Knowing that a coach won't ask a player to do too much and the fact that, you know, both of these coaches have a really good handle on their squads should make for a really interesting and uh, anticipated matchup coming up later this week for the District 4 AA crown. Yeah, I I think that, uh, like I said before, Wellsboro's got to come out early, win a set, or two, if I th- it's it's going to come down. I think this if Wellsboro wants to win, they got to win the first set to get Liberty out of their rhythm because they they haven't been down in a lot of sets this year. They they've I think they maybe lost one or two sets the entire season. So Wellsboro, it's going to be on you to to strike early and 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 hard. Uh, this this matchup to me is it's kind of like Steelers Patriots. The Patriots have dominated the Steelers for years, so. Let's see something, Wells, bro. Show me, show me your inner Steeler. All right. Well, from uh, both of us here, and uh, for all of the fans out there on the uh, Northern Tier League uh, athletic side, and of course the NTL Now podcast. Hey, best of luck uh, to Coach the Husky and Coach Nowry, man. You guys have done so great this season. Uh, put home a, a classic for the fans out there, and I know that uh, both teams getting in those last uh, couple of days strategy as they get ready uh, for this big district final coming up here. In in uh, just a few hours uh, later this week. All right, so a quick moment here to give you guys a quick note on how you can follow the Northern Interior League Now podcast uh, through the social media sites. And when Joe and I come back, we're going to be ready to dive into some District 4 football right here on the Northern Interior League Now podcast. You can follow the NTL Now podcast on social media. Follow NTL Now on Facebook by searching NTL Now Podcast and on Twitter by following at NTL Now. That's right. Those are all of your social media platforms to be able to follow the Northern Tier League Now podcast. So there should be no excuse as to why you are not giving us a follow on Facebook or Twitter because we definitely want more, more, more of uh, followers on any platform that we can get. All right, so as promised, it is time now to get into some pigskin talk here for the District 4 playoffs here. But first, before we get into that, uh, just quickly want to uh, give a big shout-out to all of our area Northern Tier League teams for a great season in the regular season. And, Joe, I got to tell you, rivalry week turned out to be a lot closer and a lot more games than what we thought. Yeah. Um, Sarah beat Athens and the Rusty Rail. Uh, man, talk about Canton and Troy having a close one, 21-14. 
And you know what? Uh, it was North, North Penn and uh, Wellsboro played pretty tightly, too. I think Wellsboro beat them 21-7. So North Penn played very well against Wellsboro. And, yeah, we had a lot of good games. And you probably know who won in Tawanda and uh, why losing. Tawanda right? hung on All for right. a, a big win there. You know, 35-32 uh, was the final score there. But, yes, a lot of action, a lot of drama. Come from behind action even. You know, the Redskins had to come back from uh, a deficit to beat Athens. The Wyalusing Rams fought, fought clawed, scratched to get back into that one. Unfortunately for the Rams, came up just short. Tawanda, of course, claims the bronze helmet. Of course, Wellsboro, hey, behind uh, another great effort from Aiden Hauser, who, by the way, is your NTL uh, area rushing leader this year. He claims the rushing title, so congratulations to him. He helps the Hornets out uh, to a win over North Penn Mansfield. And then, of course, uh, in the old shoe game, as you said, uh, the Troy Trojans, you know, do what they do. It's not flashy. It's not fancy. But they come to Canton. They down the Warriors for a 21-14 win in the shoe. They jump themselves now to the two-seed in double-A. But I think, you know, if you are Canton, you can't be discouraged. I mean, Troy had just been wrecking teams along the way this second half of the season. And for Canton to battle the way they did, only give up 21 points and only lose by seven, I still think that's a great effort in the shoe. And uh, for the Warriors, hey, an 8-2 and two regular season, that is definitely nothing uh, to hang your heads on for sure. So, uh, yes, now we get ready here. For the District 4 playoffs, of course, uh, as we look at uh, the overall here for uh, the Northern Tier League representation, we've got three teams in Class A in Canton, Sare, and Muncie who will be represented there. And, of course, uh, in AA as well, you've got Troy, you've got Wellsboro, you've got North Penn, Mansfield, and Tawanda. So, overall, the Northern Tier League puts seven teams in the District 4 playoffs. Almost had eight, but, you know, that's just the way it goes, but still... What a great showing this year for the Northern Tier League to have seven qualifying teams in the district playoffs. Yeah, it was a great regular season. A lot of these kids fought hard, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen starting Friday night. That's right. Now, that brings us to the District 4 playoffs. And we are not even into the preview of some of this week's matchups, Joe. And breaking news comes down earlier this week. Yeah, I read an interesting headline. Uh, Bloomsburg had to forfeit, and right. so now that pushes Mount Carmel, or that gives number two seed, right, Mount Carmel. Three seed. Three seed. Yes. Mount Carmel a bye, and from what I understand, Shane, you're a little, little heated and a little salty. What's going All on? Right. Here is the deal, okay, and I had, I had some tweets going back and forth with one Brian Fees. Now, give me, you know, some credit. I was very... Very cordial. I was very nice. I wasn't as outspoken as I really wanted to be, you know, because, you know, once you hit send, you can't take it back. So, of course, you know, as my grandma always says, Shane, be careful what you say. And that's exactly what I did. But, you know, and I, I want everybody to know out there, yes, you know, Brian and I, we may debate sometimes on social media, on Twitter, whatever. That doesn't take away from the respect that I have for Brian and what he does, you know. And Brian and I, we just we have that mutual bantering where you know we like to argue points. It is what it is. I understand. I I have that same knack as well. But my problem is, and the argument that I've conveyed, and something that I'm a little shocked hasn't gotten more headway is, how can you, for the life of me, put a team 
from the opening round right into the semifinals with no game played. I don't care that, you know, Bloomsburg had to forfeit. Now, granted, okay, I understand the injury bug happens. You know, that's the actual rumored mill. I can't confirm anything like that. But what I'm what I'm hearing is Bloomsburg, unfortunately, you know, they did have an injury bug. You know, they, they opted on the side of player safety to not play this game with Mount Carmel coming up uh, on Saturday in the AA playoffs. So I guess this, this whole thing is twofold. One, if Bloomsburg was not going to play this game, they should have opted out earlier to give Wyalusing a chance to get in. Secondly, this is crap that Mount Carmel gets a bye right into the District 4 semifinals and there hasn't been more of an outrage for it. Just because... I think that if you're going to give a buy, and granted, I understand, you know, if you want to go with a 17 bracket, fine and dandy. But the number three seed team in the bracket should not get the buy. If you're going to give a buy, reseed the bracket. Southern Columbia is the top seed. Give the buy to the top seed. Now, I want everybody out there to know I don't believe you should have a buy right now in the district playoffs. I think it's an unfair advantage. I think you're putting, you know, teams at a more strategic advantage because now you've got Troy and Line Mountain who are going to play Saturday night in the 2-7 matchup. Winner of that one will now play a two-week rested Mount Carmel team. And Now, where is the fun and the spirit of competition in that? Where, When was Mount Carmel going to play? Were they going to play Saturday night? I actually believe their game was going to be Friday. I think there was some logistics involved there. So I think that game was going to be played Friday. But, you know, regardless of time and whenever that game was going to be played. My point on that was, say the game Saturday, mm-hmm. they're both playing Saturday, and Mount Carmel has a bye, then you give a lot of their staff a chance to travel down to Troy mm-hmm. and scout Troy. But if oh, it's Friday night, regardless, that, then exactly. that's and, and they should. I mean, that's, you know, the, the nature of the beast. I just I just feel like it's... It's awful. Like, it should have been handled, I think, a little bit better. I don't know... I'm not going to go behind the scenes, behind the glass wall to know if there was any discussions there. I'm just I'm not going to waste my breath on that because I know that's going to be like throwing toilet paper to a wall and nothing's going to happen with it. You know, and then, you know, Brian and I were going back and forth about this. Brian's argument is, you know, well, it's unfair to make teams strategize like that, you know, and have to retool a whole game plan. You know, it's unfair to the kids. Well, it's even more unfair to the kids that you've got a team who's not even going to play, another team that's sitting home, and, you know, it's just a whole bunch of... A whole bunch of words that I can't say and I'm not going to say because i got to keep this podcast class A. Now, let's talk logistics here. How hard would it be for District 4 to reseed? Given the time when the announcement came out, which was earlier this week, I believe it was like first thing Tuesday morning, I think, and that's a part of the plan where I can't really fault District 4 here because I don't know if Bloomsburg even made up their mind until Tuesday morning. I think from a logistics standpoint, that is one area where Bloomsburg could have done a better job of saying, look, our kids, you know, we're, we're not healthy. We don't feel like this is good for player safety. That's fine. I will roll with that any day of the week. I will put player safety ahead of a lot of things, okay? But that is something that I believe you can come out with, you know, by the end of Sunday into Monday and say, look, we're just not healthy. Make the announcement Monday. Give the kids an opportunity to at least, you know, have that known. And then that way District 4 can get on the horn, 
Get this bracket redone. Coaches have an opportunity. Here's the one thing about it that I think where the ball was dropped. Double A is not scheduled to play until Saturday. They would have had a full five days to get this whole game plan in and whatnot. And that's where I feel like the ball is dropped, and that's why I hate that there are buys being played here in the District 4 playoffs. Now, granted, I'm not taking anything away from Mount Carmel. I'm not going to say anything negative about Mount Carmel. I believe, you know, they've earned their spot in the District playoffs. They're going to be one of the power contenders. You know, they are a top three seed. I'm not saying, you know, that, you know, in a given year, if they were the top seed, I'd say, sure, they should get the bye. But right now, given the fact that you're only going to play with seven teams, the bracket should have been redone. Southern Columbia should have gotten that bye because they are the top seed. And then Wyalusing gets in. Well, no, because if if you're going to put Wyalusing in, then you've got an eight-team bracket Okay, gotcha, gotcha. But here's where where putting in Wyalusing would have also benefited the Northern Tier League. So now Tawanda would have actually had a matchup with Troy. How big of a crowd would that have been at Alperon Park should you have had Tawanda and Troy now in the playoffs? Now, Wyalusing, of course, would have drawn that unfortunate stick of having to go to Southern Columbia. But at the same time, I mean, you're still getting an area matchup right here in our backyard, you know. And I know there are some people out there who were hoping, you know, that the bracket might have been redone, you know, and somebody else would have slid up. And you would have had, you know, a Tawanda-Troy matchup. But uh, it just grinds my gears that this wasn't handled in a better manner. And, you know, I understand player safety. I do. And, you know, for Bloomsburg, a great year for them to be able to get themselves into the playoffs this year. They just opened up a new football facility and everything. So I know that program will definitely have better days. I just wish the announcement would have come out a little sooner. So District 4 would have been able to maybe handle this a little better we'd have a full eight team field instead of a three seed now getting a bye right into the semifinals, and now you've got Troyer line mountain at a disadvantage because one of those two teams now has to play a weak rested mount carmel do you think i'm going to play devil's advocate here for two you seconds. go right ahead all right Mr. Devil's do you advocate. think that some of the guys in the district four front office are maybe looking at these two scenarios we're saying okay we could put Y loosing in tawanda and troy play but you know what I think Line Mountain and Troy is a better matchup in the first round. I'm not trying to take anything away from Tawanda. Mm-mm. You don't think so? No, I don't. I don't think any of that. Because from me looking at it, my standpoint, I think you get better ma- matchups with a seven-team bracket. Well, here's here's where I think it all fell, and obviously, I have no confirmations. I've talked with nobody in District Four. I honestly think, and here's what annoyed me and irritated me about Brian's tweets is because I knew in the back of my mind that was gonna that was the route they were taking. And you know, as much as, you know, I wanted to, you know, counterpoint Brian a lot, he was on he was right on the nose. Like you you knew given the time, they're high school kids, it just wasn't going to be able to be redone. And I was speaking from the part of, you know, I want I want competition, and that's where I'm coming from. And I knew, you know, basically things probably weren't going to get changed. And Brian, you know, he was he was spot on. He really was. And that's where, you know, Brian and I have these great spirited debates because there are times when we just sit there and neither one of us want to be wrong. And sometimes that's a fault of sports journalism because, darn it, we just have egos and we don't want to relinquish. We're all experts here, okay? Yes, exactly. But, yeah, I... Shane, I don't know, man. I I think, I don't know, I think District 4 might have 
made the right decision. I don't know. You're, you're giving me the death glare, oh, I, but I don't know. No, I I do see I do see your side. I think why losing. Okay, here I am. Here's where I'm at. Why losing being in, and then Tawanda playing Troy is better for the NTL. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think Mount Carmel getting the bye is kind of crap. Mm-hmm. Move it, give it to Southern Columbia, and then I think you've got better matchups this coming weekend. Other than who got the bye, I think you give the bye to Southern Columbia. The better matchups are the are are how it is now. Well, the only the only thing that would have changed is you would have had you know three. You would have had Mount Carmel then playing Line Mountain. Troy would have played Tawanda. And then, of course, you know, Wailusinga would have bumped in. And uh, let's see. They would have probably – let me think. Who would they have had? Oh, no, it would have been, what, two – I don't know. i got to figure these whole matchups out now in my head. But regardless, you know, you still – you can't have – no, you wouldn't have brought Wailusing in. If you'd have brought Wailusing in, it would have been a full eight teams and they would have gone to Southern. So – that's the way it was because right. they took out Bloomsburg. So I just see you got me so mathematically hyped up here. I totally went in to this uh, big uh, blurb of uh, blubber and stuff, and now I kind of lost my way. But regardless, it is what it is. I just wanted to have a platform to get that off my chest. And, you know, I I am glad I had about 48, 72 hours to calm down because if you would have caught me when that news first came out, this might have been a little bit different. I may not have followed Grandma's advice very you much. You would have had to have checked the explicit box when <laughs> uploading, right? <laughs> I I may have had to do a little more editing once this all went. And, uh, yes, for those of you out there who may agree, glad that I've got folks on my side. For those of you that disagree, I'm not going to fault you. That's why I say sports has a beauty of being debated. I just, you know, I feel like, Overall, the main thing is if you're going to give a buy, you got to give it to the top seed. That there's a reason why you I are agree. the top seed, yeah. and that's just the way it is. Yep. All right, so enough of me spewing my anger and stuff like that. Let's actually get in here uh, to some District Four matchups this week. We've got some great playoff action coming here with some of our Northern Tier League teams. Of course, uh, coming up uh, this Friday night. It's, or excuse me, no, Saturday night, I'm going to say. We'll start uh, with a Saturday nighter because we actually get a Jones Trophy rematch in the double-A game as North Penn, Mansfield, and Wellsboro. This time, though, they're going to switch venues. Greenhorn at Saturday night getting North Penn, Mansfield under the lights, under their home turf. I give North Penn, Mansfield credit for hanging in with Wellsboro last week. Wellsboro on turf, I believe, is a completely different animal Good luck slowing down that speed. Yeah, uh, man, I'll tell you what, it's exciting. I love that, and I think this is the second time these two teams have played back-to-back after Week 10 and then Week 1 in the playoffs the last four years. It's exciting for the fans, exciting for the towns, but North Penn Mansfield played great last Friday, but I I think we're going to have to swing this one Wellsboro's way. Aiden Hauser is tough on turf, like you just said. They have the athletes. I think Wellsboro is, right now, they're a more complete team than North Penn Mansfield. And I think that translates over to playing a team twice in a row. And you know what's really going to be bad is, if North Penn Mansfield somehow schematically finds a way to win this game, we're going to eat another big slice of humble pie coming out of this one. And, you know, we've seen this where one team won the Jones Trophy – and then the next week they turned around and the opposite team won in the district playoff game. But, you know, I think the phrase you used the best was complete team. 
And, you know, kudos to Colton Litzelman, you know, uh, Logan Tokars and, and the gang from North Penn Mansfield. I think they've had a wonderful season. I think they've got some great building blocks over there at North Penn Mansfield. I just think where the pendulum swings for me is Wellsboro's just a team right now with a group of kids who want to finish strong. They want to leave their mark and their legacy at Wellsboro. Yeah, absolutely. And really, on it's, it's tough because North Penn's kind of in this – they're kind of rebuilding. I hate to use rebuilding, but they're rebuilding. They're, those kids are trying to get experience. I mean, they came into the year with only two seniors. Wellsboro, I think, had, what, eight or nine seniors coming in this year. So they've got that senior leadership. I just I don't see Wellsboro slumping off this week. I think Coach Hildebrand's going to have those boys ready to play. They're going to be locked in. Now, it's tough when you play a team two weeks in a row. I mean, this isn't like baseball or basketball. When you play a team two weeks in a row in football, it's tough. You're beating on each other the week before. You've seen a lot of each other. You've probably spent a lot of time in the film room, saw each other on the field for a while. It's, it's, I think North Penn's going to come to play, but I, think, I still think Wellsboro wins this one. Another interesting matchup in the Class A bracket on Friday. Uh, you've got two teams who have met uh, within the last three weeks as well. You've got the Sarah Redskins, this time at home at the Lockhart Street Bowl taking on a Muncie team coming to town. Uh, Sarino winning their last matchup by a score of 21-17 on the road. This time around, they're going to have Muncie coming to their home field, you know, at the Lockhart Street Bowl. But still, when you've had a battle within four points, you've got a defending Class A champion, Muncie, who just finds their way into the playoffs. You know Muncie's going to have a little more of a chip, a little more of an edge. Sarah, you know, they won the first one. Don't hold back here for the next rematch. Yeah, I, and Muncie's kind of flown under the radar a little bit this season. Their their records can be the record can be a little deceiving. They're a little bit more of a of a tougher team than than people think. But Lockhart Street Bull, Sarah Redskins, those two kind of go hand in hand. I think the Redskins defend home turf. Isaiah Firestein's gonna be ready to play. So I, I don't know. Well, okay. I'm going to use this answer twofold because here's something that I think could affect the Redskins as it may affect Canton, okay? And I'm going to, you know, kind of jump the gun here a little bit. Mother Nature is going to throw a wrinkle into our playoff action coming up here as this week is going on, expecting to see, you know, some steady rains here over the uh, you know Thursday into Friday period. They're calling maybe an inch, inch and a half of rain. The Lockhart Street Bowl, not very good at accepting rain, nor is Miller A. Moyer Field. So I think you know the two maybe more prolific offenses that are very entertaining could find themselves in a little bit of a pickle here. I think Muncie is built a little better to play if the turf is a little uh, not passer friendly. I think Muncie's built more for a run downhill game than is Sare, but Sare's going to have the home crowd, the home field. I think you're looking at another three, four point slugfest. I just, I can't flip the coin and determine who's going to come out of this one. Well, based on the weather report, they're saying we could get up to three inches of rain tomorrow. And Mother Nature is the great equalizer. 
and I, I got to agree with you, Shane. But, yeah, I, I think, Sarah, they're going to have to be prepared. I, I Weather and poor field conditions really neutralize the athletes you have. And I'm, I think I'm with you. I think this is going to be a little bit closer than people think. You changed my mind bringing up the weather situation. Well, you know, it's just – and it's not so much that I'm saying Sarah can't or Sarah will not win this one. But I've had the opportunity. I've seen Sarah's offense, you know, on on film. They are a very much uh, spread offensive type team. Muncie, I've seen, you know, they've played more of a, you know, line them up, knock them down. They're going to come at you. You know, they're they're not going to really – they are very much like Troy. They know what they do well. They're going to stick with it. It's like Novocaine. It's effective. It works. It's what they do. So I'm going to be interested to see uh, how that matchup unfolds. But, you know, hey, if Sarah gets out of the gate going, I don't think Muncie's built to play catch-up. So if Sarah's able to get the points going early, that will definitely benefit them. All right, now another matchup uh, for the District 4 playoffs coming up here. And the Tawanda Black Knights, unfortunately, they draw the top-seeded uh, South or Southern Columbia Tigers uh, for this matchup. And... You know, it's it's been a great year for Tawanda. I think they've had, you know, their ups. They've had their downs. But, you know, for Tanner, Kunk- for Tanner Kunkel uh, and this Black Knight squad, you know, I, I wish them a, a very safe trip. I want them to go down. I want them to have a great game uh, against Southern Columbia. But, I mean, when you know you're in the know when it comes to football, I mean, you just unfortunately – you see the writing on the wall. You see the machine that is in front of you. I just, you know, I want Tawana to go to compete. I want them to go have fun. And I want them to really, uh, you know, make this playoff game uh, something that they'll definitely remember. Yeah, it's always tough when you draw Southern Columbia in the first round. But I I know, you know, I think Tanner Conkle is going to play as hard as he can. Senior, probably going to be his last game for the Black Knights. But I, I know those kids are going to play hard. Just have fun. Be safe and uh, enjoy, you know, enjoy the game. It's very true. Now, of course, on the Black Knight spectrum here, you know, they've had, I don't even know really how to summarize their season and put it into perspective. I feel like this is a team that's in the eighth seed that should not be there. I feel like they let some games early get away from them. I feel like, you know, they didn't quite just find themselves this year like they should have had a better record than what they do this team is so much better than what their record indicates and I'm telling you right now if you polled a lot of the coaches in the northern tier league right now they would tell you the Tawanda team you saw maybe the first three weeks of the season is not the Tawanda team that you see on film right now and I guarantee you if you wanted to you know talk with the Troy coaches I don't know if they wanted to see Tawanda for a second time. Now, granted, I mean, they're, they're not, I'm not saying that they would be afraid of Tawanda. But what I'm saying is, you know, when you've got a team who pushes you to the brink, as Tawanda did for Troy in their first matchup, I don't really know, you know, if that's something, you know, that you want again, you know. And for the Black Knights, unfortunately, you know, they just they could not get uh, the points, the wins, you know, to put themselves in a uh, more favorable scenario for them. So instead of the trip to Troy now, 
you know, they've got to go to Southern Columbia. And, you know, when you take on Southern Columbia, if you follow high school football, you know what you got. Five D1 recruits, a legendary program, an atmosphere that is just crazy, team speed all over the field. So, yes, uh, for Tawanda, just, uh, you know, a, a safe trip to you. It's been a, it's been a great ride this year, and uh, I hope the kids go down there and really take in the experience, and uh, they're going to have something to talk about uh, for years to come, that's for sure. So, uh, as the District 4 playoffs uh, come alive here, we've got uh, the final two matchups uh, on the slate here. Now, these will actually be uh, the Wiggle 100 games of the week coming up here. We'll start with the Friday matchup first, as myself and uh, my good broadcast buddy Bobby Baker, we will be in Canton on Friday night as the Warriors will welcome in South Williamsport. And then, of course, uh, coming up on Saturday, we will then head to Alperon Park, where the Troy Trojans uh, will be at home taking on Line Mountain. But, of course, uh, you know, with these being Wiggle Games, myself on the radio call, obviously no predictions coming out of me here. A lot of analysis as well, but uh, looking forward to Friday night and uh, the Warriors at home uh, looking to see if uh, they can finally capture uh, step one in this District 4 playoff round. Yeah, uh, and if I'm talking to the Warriors, you know, shake off the loss last week. It's always tough to lose to, to a rival, especially Troy. Um, they played great against Troy, but just just let's shift the focus now to South Williamsport. Uh, I think we, we talked earlier, you know, South Williamsport plays a little bit like, like Troy. Not exactly maybe on the same level, but can I think they're going to be ready for it. I think... Uh, I think Coach Seacrest is going to have these boys come to play. Now, i got to say the Canton defense played much better than I thought they would last week, so I think this team is built to be a team like South Williamsport. I think what is great uh, about this matchup is uh, for Canton uh, facing Troy last week, I think was a very good litmus test to playing a South Williamsport team. Now, playing South Williamsport, do not look at their record at 5-5. Five and five. South Williamsport's schedule is brutal. They have played in the Silver Bowl at Mount Carmel. They have played at Southern Columbia. They've played Loyal Sock. They've played a couple other challenging Heartland teams. So South Williamsport, a very dangerous 5-5 five five team. Now, they will not have one of their star backs, Goreski, as uh, he is out with injury. But South Williamsport is still going to be a team that's coming in. And I'm telling you, Joe, when you walk onto the field Friday night, you're going to see some mass coming out of that South Williamsport locker room. They've got a line that very much resembles Troy. And that, I think, is where the litmus test comes in and how they played against a big line. And that's why playing Troy last week, I think, helps benefit Canton uh, playing South Williamsport this week. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think... I want to see a little bit from Canton. I want to see a little bit more of the uh, the passing game. I know that we talked earlier about the weather being kind of the field conditions could be crazy, but I, I'd like to see you know the passing game open up a little bit for the Warriors. I know that we know that Uriah Bailey can run the ball, but I think that one of the key factors in them moving the chains a little bit is connect on some of these third downs, uh, throw the ball over the middle of the field. I, I just want to see keep keep. South Williamsport on their heels defensively. I think that will be a key to it as well. I like the way that you put that as well. I think, uh, you know, for Canton uh, coming into this matchup on Friday night, I think keeping the chains in their favor and using their overall team speed. And that's something that concerns me with the weather. 
Will Canton be able to utilize that team speed? I think if the footing is good for Canton, I think that could be the difference for them as, you know, them being able to spread out South Williamsport. You know, I think Canton might have a little more team speed on the outside, but don't discount what the Mountaineers can do with the ground game. You know, the ground game, the clock game is always a good neutralizer as well. So if you're the Warriors, you got to buckle up these chin straps. Your defense knows that, you know, you can play with a very tough offensive line, defensive line as well. You've proven you can move the ball that way as too. So, you know, for, for this week, you know, Canton again, they've just got to strap up the chin straps and get ready for another tough physical team. You know, that's pretty much, uh, you know, a, another version of Troy that's coming to town this week. Yeah, and I think uh, for the Canton defense, one thing you got to do is get off the field. Late in the game last week against Troy, they struggled to stop. You know, Troy, they want to run the ball. They want to close the game out. I think they that Troy had the ball for the final six minutes of the game last week and just knelt it down. So, you know, do not let South get some long drives because that will wear on a defense. That's true. Now, let's go to Saturday, our final matchup here in the district playoffs this week. You've got the Troy Trojans taking on the Line Mountain Eagles. Now, a lot of folks out there, you know, they want to know, well, is Line Mountain good? You know, is Line Mountain a team, you know, that Troy needs to worry about? Well, here's the deal. You get into the District 4 playoffs, you're a team you got to worry about, okay? here's That's just the way it is. I don't care about records once playoffs roll around. You just got to kind of roll the dice and go with it and see uh, how things fall. Now, here is what I will say for Troy. I think if Troy plays Troy's game, does what Troy does, yes, I do think you know that is going to benefit them mightily. I think the, the unknown with Line Mountain is they do not play a District 4 schedule. They are the southernmost team in District 4. They play predominantly a lot of District 3 teams for the most part. However, last week they came up on the short stick of a shellacking to Upper Dolphin in the form of 62 to nothing. Do I think Line Mountain is built to come up here and play bully ball with Troy? No, I do not. But I think the Line Mountain tradition is... They find the way to utilize their best people, and that's what I think they will do coming up on Saturday night against the Trojans. I think they will give Troy some fits at times. You know, I, I think they have a, a very uh, good option game that they can utilize should they need it. But on the same token, I don't know if Line Mountain has seen a monstrosity that is a line that they're going to see against the Trojans. And something else that I think they need to really account for as well uh, when it comes to Troy is Caleb Binford is really starting to become that nice complimentary lightning to the thunder that is Damian Landon. Watching Caleb Binford last week kind of put that whole thing into perspective for me that, you know what, we need to really start giving Binford more of a nod as well as a very quality runner here for the Trojans. Like, he is much more than just a receiver or a spot back. I think he's a kid now that is starting to really develop into a very good running back and a very nice, uh, you know, kind of uh, scat back, kind of speed back for the Trojans. Yeah, Caleb Binford, he's been a great uh, east-west runner for them. And I kind of want to say he's been the lightning rod to that offense that that Timmy Ward was to the Warriors last year um but yeah we've seen some really nice things from Caleb Binford I uh I gotta go back here to Line Mountain because I remember two years ago Line Mountain came into North Penn Mansfield in the first round district playoffs was it there or was it Wellsboro it wasn't in Wellsboro okay this is a game I think it it might have been 
three years ago. But I remember Line Mountain came into North Penn Mansfield. North Penn Mansfield was loaded. They had Brock Burley, Joel Whitaker, Garrett Bickhart, all these names who uh, they had, they had a, they had a loaded offense. Okay, and Line Mountain came in and upset them. And we were talking about Line Mountain the same way we're talking about them now. So they've been known to play spoiler. Now I don't know. I haven't seen them this year, but I know that they they can do it. They can go on the road and win. I think Troy's a little bit of a different story than North Penn Mansfield it was back then, but let, let's not sleep on him is all I'm saying. That's a very good point, you know, and like I said, traditionally, like you've said, uh, Line Mountain, you know, they do like to try and throw wrinkles into it, but, you know, I think uh, two things that help benefit Troy is they are built for uh, probably what will be a very soft surface uh, Saturday night at Alperon Park, and two... Line Mountains making a trip. They are going to have about an hour and probably 30-minute bus ride or more coming up. So definitely uh, a home-cooking advantage for Troy on Saturday night uh, leading into that one. But as I said, uh, catch both games uh, with Canton and South Williamsport and Troy and Line Mountain. Those will be heard on Wiggle 100 online as well at Wiggle100.com. You'll have uh, Canton and South on Friday night. And then, of course, uh, Troy Line Mountain coming up on Saturday. So that right there will complete the District 4 football preview. And Joe... Man, have we tackled a lot here in another episode. It has been. I'm going to have to review and listen again just to hear what we both said. Oh, man, there's been a lot to cover for sure. But again, folks, remember, get on social media and give us a follow both on Facebook, uh, NTL Now Podcast, on Twitter, at NTL Now, and, of course, on Instagram as well, uh, at NTL Now Podcast. So, yes, make sure you're giving us those Instagram follows, Facebook follows, Twitter likes as well, and making sure that uh, you're keeping up with all the happenings right here on the NTL Now Podcast as we'll try and keep you informed and up-to-date as possible with the Northern Tier League. So, Joe, uh, as we get ready to close out the podcast this week, any final thoughts as we get ready to head towards uh, a week of uh, district or state, rather, cross country and, of course, district football? Uh, my final closing thought is going to direct towards the Troy Trojans, okay? Be who you are, all right? There was two instances last Friday night, and I, I'm going on a little bit of a rant here, Shane, just let me do it, where they weren't who they are. Fourth and five in the first quarter, I saw Troy throw the ball. I really think they could have gained that first down by grounded and pounded against Canton. So, Troy, I, I think Line Mountain's a little bit of a different opponent than Canton, but just just be who you are on Friday, or Saturday night against Line Mountain. Okay. So that is uh, – That's my final thought. That's Joe's final thought of the uh, podcast. So, all right. You know, that's why he's part of the podcast. He's allowed to do these things as well. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, always give you our honest opinions uh, on things, except for when we have to clean it up because, hey, my theory is when it comes to uh, speaking on podcasts or in public is if you can't say it in front of your grandmother, don't say it at all. Well, I think I would have said that in front of my grandma, so I I think I'm all right. All right, you're fine and dandy there. All right, so he's Joe Carrion across the table. I'm Shane Wilbur, and folks, thanks so much for tuning in to yet another great episode here of the Northern Tier League Now podcast. And remember, the Northern Tier League Now podcast is an exclusive presentation of Circle W Sports. Thanks for listening to NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast.
Keep following the Northern Tier League on Facebook and Twitter for more updates on the Northern Tier League. Audio from the NTL Now podcast may not be used without prior consent. Join us next week for more NTL Now, brought to you by Circle W Sports.